Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I'm your host, Alana, and I'm super excited to have you join me today. Uh, today on the podcast, I have my friend, my girl, Jenna Williams. Jenna is a firefighter and P- paramedic, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, here in Chillicothe, and she is wonderful. Um, Jenna is one of those people. She is hilarious. She's so, so funny. Um, she's so fun to be around and she's also just wonderful to talk to. She is one of the most genuine, most honest people that I know. And it makes having conversations with her just really sweet and special because she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She tells you exactly how it is. And we all need people like that. I for sure need people like that. Um, But she just is so genuine and so wonderful. So we talk about a lot of different things today, um, which makes this really special to me because we laugh a lot and, but we also dive deep and, um, Jenna's story is really important to me because it tells of how the Lord pursues us and how, you know, when we get hurt, we put up walls when we get disappointed or frustrated or offended. uh, We put these walls up and we say things like I will never, or, you know, never, ever, ever. And the Lord comes with his love and he breaks those walls down little by little by little until they're gone. And her story is exactly that. It's a story of him doing that. And, um, She's really honest and real with her story, and she does not sugarcoat anything, um, which, again, is what I love so, so much, and I appreciate it. Um, And so I think it's going to be a conversation that a lot of you will relate with, at least in some way, shape, or form. Um, It's a story that's not completed yet. She's still kind of in the middle of things. there's been some areas where the Lord has come and and healed and restored things, and there's some areas where He's still working. And so it's an ongoing story, which is the same with all of us, right? Um, so anyway, it's a really great conversation. We actually recorded this back in January, and so I've been sitting on it since then, and it's been so hard to keep. <laughs> and so I'm so excited to finally be able to share this with the world um, and to give you a little bit of insight uh, into my good friend, Jenna. So grab something to drink and join us as we pour it out. Hi, Jenna. Hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on here. Oh my gosh, this has been like a long time coming. You were one of the first people that I wanted that I was like, you have to come on just for, if nothing else, to like tell stories. Yeah, we so can we'll do get that. to that later yes. for sure. Um, to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and you can tell as little or as much as you want to start out with. Okay. My name is Jenna Williams. I uh, live in Chillicothe now. I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania in a little suburb called Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. Time out. Can we just appreciate that she grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania? <laughs> Please office. appreciate that. Yes. Okay. 
Resume. Yes, I lived there <laughs> until I was 15, and then we moved to Xenia. My dad got a job at Cedarville University to help us kids go through college. He's a staff member over there since 2007. Um, and then I graduated from Cedarville in 2014 and jumped around through some jobs um, and landed a full-time job in 2018 here in Chillicothe for the fire department. Actually, I'm a full-time firefighter paramedic for the city of Chillicothe. Um, and so April 8th, I'll hit my fifth year down here. Oh my God. <laughs> now you didn't work as a firefighter there, right? Where? In Xenia. No, mm-mm, okay. no. I, so I volunteered, I started volunteering at, in, uh, Cedarville with their fire okay. department and then did some small gigs and worked at Green Memorial in the hospital in the ER to get, gain some experience. So, um, when you're a firefighter paramedic, uh, to climb the ladder to full-time status, typically at least at, not now, but at that point you had to work some part-time gigs, build your resume, and then that people would consider you for full-time. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so (laughs) we are going to just jump right in. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about your childhood, I guess. I mean, it's like (laughs) wherever you want to jump in at it, you know. Yeah, Um, so you want to talk a lot about, um, about like, church and church experiences yes. where we where it gives some people some context and where yes. we want to go. Okay. Yep. So to give some context to people, um, I have not gone to church for, I would say consistently like 2013, I stopped consistently going to church. Um, and that has brought out a lot of questions from people and has brought out a lot of pushback. And, um, as you can imagine, there have been many comments made and, um, so we're just going to talk about that journey and what led me up to that decision and where I am now with that. Perfect. So <laughs> if you're okay with that, <laughs> yes. all right. Um, so, so I grew up in a very conservative Baptist circle. Um, for those curious, it was greater association of regular Baptist churches. And then in 2007, when my family moved out here, we switched to a Southern Baptist church that had greater association Baptist church ties. Um, and and my comments are a reflection of the the churches that I grew up in and not of my parents. Uh, my parents mm-hmm. are absolutely wonderful, lovely, lovely people. I have a great relationship with them, uh, but unfortunately, they can't control what people said and what people did right. to me while I was in, say, youth group or Sunday schools or things right. of that nature. Um, they could only mitigate and manage once we got home. Um, so, uh, in these churches. Uh, specifically starting, I can remember in, in, uh, middle school when I started in going to youth group that there was like a specific box that they wanted you to fit in. They wanted you to be feminine and dress in a feminine to the extreme, dress a certain way, act a certain way, you know, chase after boys, always talk about boyfriends. And, um, I was not that person. I was, uh, I was dressed fine and well, but I liked my jeans and my hoodies and my sweatshirts like I do now. (laughs) I was very much into sports. Um, I was, I played three seasons of sports, you know, just was that person um, that absolutely thrived in that culture. Um, And so, and a lot of, a lot of the people that were in youth group were also at school and also uh, all my sports teams and, and, and they were not the nicest people. So I just never fit into that box and, and was made fun of. And, and, um, I can just remember 
a specific story that we talked about is when there were some visitors that came in that weren't part of the in crowd of the community that I lived in. They were part of an inner city crowd that uh, their families weren't Christians, but there was a family in our church that brought these kids to youth group. I tried to associate with them and talk with them and welcome them in. And my youth pastor's wife was like, no, you can't talk to them. You can't associate with them. Uh, they're not good people to be around. We don't want you talking to them. And at that age, even I was like, that's not right. You know, something's not right about that. I don't, I don't want to conform to that. And so then of course I got a lot of pushback as the years went on from that. Um, my saving grace was at the end of my ninth grade year, we moved to Xenia. So I got a fresh start. And um, there were some challenges when we moved to Xenia, but not, not nearly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I consistently went to youth group and, and liked it. it um, we had, we had a youth leader that was interesting, <laughs> but he wasn't, he didn't turn me off from mm-hmm. church. Right. Um, it's just, as an adult, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, that was special. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you know it's not it's he, he honestly he was abusive um like verbally and and physically to some kids uh thankfully not to me but like you look back at i look back at that now and i was like oh my gosh like that should have never happened mm-hmm. um so that but i still had that really conservative um upbringing in that church of where like women don't have voices or opinions and they should be wearing dresses and they should you know, not be asking questions. And I have always been assertive and vocal in my life. Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can ask my parents there. <laughs> They'll tell you how special I've been. <laughs> um, so in some of that comes with, I'm the youngest in my family and I have two older brothers. And so you had to be. Right. <laughs> and I, I wasn't always assertive and vocal in the right ways, but, but um, yeah, I had to be, it was, you know, it was survival mentality sometimes, not in like a traumatic way, but just the sibling way of, yeah. um, you know, first come first serve, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that some, and I also had almost, I have female cousins, but around my age, I have almost all male cousins. And so when we went to grandma and grandpa's house and we're playing, you know, flag football, not flag football, it was tackle football. Let's be real. <laughs> you know, <laughs> basketball, like it was just, you just got pounded. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, you, you grew up tough. And um, so it was just a very different culture at my house than what these churches expected. Mm-hmm. And so we survived high school and then we entered into college. I went to Cedarville University. I am so, so thankful for being able to attend there. My, my dad made huge sacrifices so my brothers and I could go to a, an academically rigorous university like that. Um, and unfortunately my time there was terrible. Um, it was, it's a very conservative college that has the, um, expectation that women are there not for careers, right? I was there for a career Mm -hmm. and I was there to build a career. And, um, so I wasn't pursuing relationships. I wasn't pursuing, um, you know, these hangouts with people. I, I was there to do my academics. I fell in love with the fire department. While I was there. I went, put myself through EMT basic class and fire school. So <laughs> what I would do is I'd take evening classes or weekend classes on top of my normal course load on top of my clinical hours. And so I was just busy oh all gosh. the time. I had a huge load. Oh my gosh. Um, 
And so by the time I was done at Cedarville University, I was able to pursue the beginnings of fire and EMS, right? But my time there, there are so many comments made, like, because I was from Xenia and Xenia and Cedarville don't really get along. They called me ghetto girl. And right, <laughs> they, they told me I grew up in the hood. If anyone needs to know Xenia, there are parts of Xenia that you're like, oh, you know, but like, I did not grow up in the hood. I grew up in a very, you know, white suburban neighborhood. Uh-huh. Like that's what Xenia, parts of Xenia are. My parents have a very beautiful house that is tucked into a nice corner of Xenia. Um, yeah, people told me how awkward and special I was and that I, I was socially unacceptable. Um, oh <laughs> yeah, just, and, I, and this isn't, this isn't like, I, I understand that sometimes some people need to hear that, but this is just me being my goofy self, you yeah. know, just, um, I wasn't like licking windows or anything weird <laughs> like that, you know, like I wasn't doing weird stuff. I mean, I just, I, I do have a side of me that's like socially awkward. I understand that, but like instead of taking these aspects and like empowering me, these people just mm-hmm. took these and, and degraded me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, I was starting to get really, really hurt. And then my friends that did empower me because of administration changes, long story short, they got kicked out of Cedarville it, and how they got kicked out of Cedarville was absolutely terrible. Um, the, like the staff and their families and the faculty and their families uh, that's a whole thing. We could have a whole nother episode, on that, but, <laughs> but long story short. Um, so I watched my friends get terribly hurt by these people that claimed to be Christians. And like, mm-hmm. they were saying that these people were not Christians and they're lying and they're not theologically sound. And these are the most theologically sound people I've ever met. And they were willing to sit down and answer my questions. Then all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. Right. So that hurt a lot. Um, and, uh, so that was my senior year. And as I'm trying to figure out, like work through this hurt, I'm also getting involved in the fire and EMS world. And there are some people that aren't Christians that I've, that are in the fire and EMS and are treating me in the most biblically kind way I've ever seen. Yeah. And so I'm watching Christians fight and be complete jerks. And then I'm watching these people that aren't Christians that are like, the closest thing to church that I've ever wanted to see. So it, it was, it was at that moment that I was like, yeah, I'm done with church. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm done with all of the politics and the hurt. And so I started gravitating more towards these people as I'm also building a career in this. And it was awesome. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it really, it, it helped me a lot. And um, you can look back on it and be like, well, they weren't Christians. I'm like, well, taught me more about God than, than the Christians did. Yeah. So, uh, I graduated, uh, 2004, May 2014. And, um, for about six months, I kind of jumped around and did some like blue collar labor jobs. Uh, I graduated with a bachelor's in athletic training and had no interest in using it at that point. Um, so I started doing some blue collar labor jobs. I just had knee surgery. So I was healing from that. And so then in October, I landed a job with Green Memorial Hospital. It's a small hospital in Xenia as an ER tech. And that is when I learned a whole lot about emergency medicine, but also learned about shift work. So if any, I had no idea what shift work meant. I had no idea what swing shift meant. So I worked swing shift for 18 months. And in doing so, um, 
it put me uh, not wanting to go to church even more just because I was tired. Yeah. I was just exhausted. Yeah. And my mental capacity to be able to do everything just wasn't there. And so on Sundays I needed true rest. And that was one thing I just was like, yeah, all right, or I'm done. And I I actually talked to a a good friend of mine. Uh, Her name is Jess and uh, her and her husband have been great, great encouragement to me. He was a youth pastor in Xenia at the time. And she's just like, just take a sabbatical. Like you can come back, Mm -hmm. but you got to figure your life out. Like you're not, you shouldn't just be in a pew just for the sake of being in a pew. Like you're not getting anything out of it. Take a sabbatical. So I did. And here we are nine years later, we're still on a nine year sabbatical. (laughs) 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 But no, we, she and I actually still regularly talk about, about church. Right. So, um, so to just make a long story short, we, I became really, really hardened towards church um, because of the hurt. And then people became less and less understanding of my schedule. I had no desire to explain it to them. And then when you're, when you become involved in emergency medicine, fire, your EMS, police dispatch, um, you change as a person. There's no, there's no way to go around it. There's stuff that you see that you can't unsee. And this is no like hero, look at me. You know, it's just, it's the reality. You you see some pretty horrible stuff. Like when the Bible talks about evil, I fully understand evil now. And it's not just Karen calling you a cottonhead knitting muggins. (laughs) It's literally like you see stuff that make horror films blush, you know? And so um, it is now even harder to want to sit in a church on Sunday cause, cause church now brings anxiety in, yeah. out in me. And so something and we're working also, towards. You have, I mean, I've told you this lots of times, but yeah. literally I feel like you have a sign on you that says, say all of the most inappropriate <laughs> oh things to me, please. Because some of the things, and we don't have to go into them, but yeah. like some of the things that people have come up and said to you while in church like make my jaw drop. Like we've literally been talking yeah. and like my jaw's been on the floor of like, people actually said that to your face. I mean, like, we can talk about like the most common one, you know, you'll shake hands with some and you'll be like, hi, my name's Jenna, you know, and you're new, you know, and you're standing there with your friends and the person's trying to be nice and they're like, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a firefighter paramedic. They're like, oh, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? And you're like, oh my Way gosh. to start a conversation. Like it's the, let me just tell you, that is the worst question you could don't ever do ask. It. Don't <laughs> Don't don't do it. I mean, you would need extensive therapy if I told you the worst yeah. thing I've ever seen. And that's just from secondary trauma. That's not like for me seeing it. Right. You know? So yeah, so yeah, they I unfortunately I have that big sign on my back and it's hard to walk into new environments for me because I typically try not to tell people what I do because of that. Yeah. You know, but it's also hard because that's a very common conversation starter people yeah. you know oh i'm an accountant or i'm a this I, you know that's cool but you know good conversation starter and then people want stories and it gets really awkward really fast <laughs> <laughs> especially if you tell them like you just test the water sometimes you, you you get bored and so you're like let's test the waters and you don't tell them the worst <laughs> thing you just tell them kind of like something a little spicy <laughs> And then it gets really awkward. <laughs> and then they freak out. And you're like, okay, I'm done. Right. You are not the one. I'm going to go sit down now. This is nice to meet you. <laughs> also never coming back. Right. <laughs> right. 
Thanks for the invite. Can I have my free mug for coming for the first Sunday? <laughs> like... For real. For real. Oh my gosh. So, <clears throat> but, and we'll put a big but here. <laughs> Because you had, so my favorite part of the whole story was that you had said, like, you weren't going to have anything to do with church anymore and you yep. weren't going to have anything to do with, like, Christians or Christian Yeah, so I moved here in 2008, well, 2019. So I started working here in 2018. I moved here in August of 2019 and I just remember driving down 35, you know, on my way here one day and I was like, never, nope, I, I, I have a whole clean slate. I only know my coworkers. Whole clean, this is perfect. I don't have to be around Christians. I don't have to associate with them. I don't have to tell anyone about like my religious aspects of my life, spiritual aspects. And um, I've just had so many Christian women say horrible, hurtful things that I'm like, I don't have to trust them. I don't have to trust pastors. I don't have to talk. I mean, there's so many other small aspects yeah. that like little caveats to the story that like there's, I don't, I really have a hard time trusting pastors. I don't really want to talk to Christian women, yeah. you know? And so I made this vow as I'm driving to chill coffee <laughs> and then COVID hit and it was perfect. I didn't have to talk to anyone. It was great. <laughs> and then, and then... <laughs> da, 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 da. so it's just really funny how you make those vows and subconsciously you start to like give up on that vow a little bit because like God really does work. Mm-hmm. And he worked real fast, but in like different ways that I didn't catch it. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't like shut any of this off. I was just like, Oh sure. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also have this thing where like, if you message me on Facebook and I don't know you, I will not respond to you. I'll, I'll probably block you to be honest because just because of my job, like I've had so many people that don't, that are like my patients. They, that's why my, Facebook name is something completely not my name anymore. Yeah. Like they're my patients or, you know, I've received death threats, like, because I can't, I can't help certain patients. Right. Like, unfortunately, if someone is dead to a point, there's nothing I can do. And, and people don't always receive that news right. really well, but unfortunately it's part of a hard part of my job. Right. right? So, um, I refuse to answer messages, but here I am February, 2001, um, sitting in um, no, my brother's 2000... February 2001. Oh, 2001. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. I, I'm sitting in my brother's bed. Uh, he lives in Rhode Island. My uh-huh. parents took and I took a trip out there. I'm sitting in his little office because that's where I stayed. Um, and it's the morning and I roll over and I look at my phone and this lady, Amy, messages me on Facebook. And I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like looking through and she's asking me, do I know you? Are you like do we have any background? Well, and which is kind of weird to me because I'm like, why, why is this person messaging me? Um, and, uh, so I read through her message. We're not Facebook friends. And I look through her Facebook profile, like my little detective self does. (laughs) And, um, I see that we have mutual friends from Pennsylvania, specifically where I live that I know. And we have mutual friends that I know well in chill coffee. And I'm like, this is where, so obviously she has connections to 2021. Yeah. You know, what did I say? You said 2001. Oh, and sorry. Like, 2000, no, 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 2021. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. 2021. Okay. My bad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. It, I said yeah. it in my head, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I clarified it and you were like, no, 2001. And I was like, no, 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 I, no, no. yes, I did. Okay. You're 100% right. Okay. So 2021. Sorry. Okay, 2021. Perfect. Yes. Uh, and so just, we had mutual friends. And so I messaged one of my 
mutual friends that I'm close with. And I said, Hey, do you know this Amy lady? And like, what's her deal? What's, you know? And she's like, Oh my gosh, message her back. She's the coolest person ever. I'm like, okay. So I roll over and I'm like shouting across the room. Like, because my, my room, there's a hallway, in my mom's room that she, I was like, ma, <laughs> do you know this Amy person? She says she's from Baptist Bible college, which is where my parents graduated. It's now Clark Summit university, but and she's like, no. I'm like, she messaged me. She's like, what'd she say? And I read the message to her. She's like, are you sure you want to respond to that? And because she knows my rules, you know, mm-hmm. and we both agree that, you know, message a mutual friend, see what this, per- who this person is about. And so everyone agreed, like, let's message her back. And so I messaged her back and come to find out she held me as a baby in the nursery at Heritage Baptist Church where I grew up and they now live in Chill Coffee. And so, uh, <laughs> so we agreed to get coffee and long story short, um, we are now really, really good friends. Um, they have loved me and cared for me so well, especially through some really, really bad stuff at work that has happened. Um, even if it's just like me coming over and sitting on their couch and watching TV or she's fed me countless dinners, which has been so amazing. She cook. she's an amazing cook. Um, and the best part of the whole story is that he, her husband, is a pastor (laughs) and she uh she is uh in classes to be a a licensed counselor i believe um through clark summit university and so once again someone i vowed to never associate with i'm now sitting on their couch eating dinners with them um but i loved it because uh i was i was i had some really hard conversations with them and was like very adamant about this is where I'm at. I don't, you know, I, I'm very against church. I really don't want to associate with pastors. I don't, I mean, I just laid it out and was mm-hmm. blunt and was harsh. And they're like, cool. Want to talk about Harry Potter? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> All the things that I was like very nervous about. Um, we, they've even sat down and we've talked about Harry Potter versus um, Chronicles of Narnia versus Lord of the Rings. Like just mm-hmm. some things that were very, foundational of me growing up in those circles and um you know you don't associate with any anything like this right and so it's been really cool just to have those types of conversations we've had really hard conversations about mental health which we can go into uh, either now later another time uh, another episode um because mental health is something that i'm very passionate about it's Mm -hmm. very near and dear to my heart um and we were able to just have like open conversation and they ask some hard questions and we're able to just Mm -hmm. be like, this is what it looks like for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So at the same time that that was happening, I was starting to get to know Jade more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We all know Jade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and we all know how easy Jade is to talk to. And um, so we've, I've had some really good conversations with Jade. She's helped me with some business stuff because I have a side business and she just, really was willing to sit down for an hour, hour and a half, I think, and just be like, Pooh, you're messing this up, fix this. And I had no idea, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so that was like, oh, well, Jay's not like mm-hmm. going to ignore me or just here just to say hi for a second. Like she's truly invested in, in people. And mm-hmm. um, she always is up for a spicy story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that helps stress relief for me. So, so Jay, and then of course, um as um i'm getting to know jade more you came into the circle <laughs> you came through your stories through my st- <laughs> talking about a dude that pooped his pants that is like <laughs> hi want to be my friend let me tell you about this dude that pooped his pants 
<laughs> the best. It's the best. We, Jade and I were having, we have coffee every Monday at Roast and we were having one of our weekly coffees and Jenna came in and starts talking to Jade and then she's like, want me to tell you a story? <laughs> it was such a unique day. And literally like, I just was like, I want to be friends with her. <laughs> And here we are. <laughs> to <laughs> to key, key listeners in real quick, just real short story. There's this, <laughs> there's this dude one day that was mad that the bar is shut. It was like 2.30 in the morning. And the way he retaliated was he went on a street corner, pooped his pants, called 911, and decided that he wanted to go to the hospital. <laughs> and I was so frustrated because we were running hard all day. And just, I was exhausted at that point. Cause I worked, I worked 24 hour shifts. So mm-hmm. I start at 8am one day and I go to 8am the next day. So for example, tomorrow I'm start at 8am on Thursday and then I won't get off till Friday at 8am. And hopefully there's time to catch a nap or like lay down and get some rest. And if you can, great, that helps the shift significantly. But if you can't, you're up for 24 hours. Yeah. And so at that point, it was a warm day. So anyone knows any city nationwide, and it's a warm day, you just run. You run, you run, you run. People make poor life choices. And so that day, he made his poor life choice at 2.30 <laughs> in the morning. And I got to be there for it. <laughs> and then go in the next morning and, and be like, hear guess all about what? It. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for paying city taxes. <laughs> But you know what? The Lord works in mysterious ways because here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Literally, like you walked out and I looked at Jane and I was like, I want to be her friend. <laughs> and so here we are. That is how our friendship started. And now you're a victim of many of my other stories. <laughs> oh, love. Love all of them. All of them. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I've started writing them down so one day yes. I can actually like write a book. And Yes. Yeah. That's so perfect. I'm going to interrupt this conversation for just a hot second to tell you about my three partners, uh, Roast Coffee, Sweet William Blossom Boutique, and Maggie and Me Candle Company. And I would just encourage you, if you have not already, to go back and listen to the last three podcast episodes that I recorded. Uh, I sat down with each of the owners of these companies, these businesses, and talked with them and got to hear their heart and their story behind how they started their business. And so if you have not heard that, I would encourage you to go listen to those and then go check them out. Go support them, um, shop local, go love on our business owners, support them, let them know that I sent you um, because they are just the best of the best. So Go check out those episodes if you have not listened to them yet, and then go check out those businesses and show them love. Roast Coffee, Sweet William Blossom Boutique, and Maggie and Me Candle Company. Okay, so it's fun then to like look and see, because I know of other people that because of other things you're involved in, like that you've gotten connected with Mm -hmm. that, you know, are Jesus loving, you know, Christian women who, you know, you've gotten connected with and then others that you've gotten connected with. And just to see like 
you know, you make that vow of like, I am never going to. And it's like, now you just look around and you're like, look, these are all my people. And they're like, (laughs) not all, but like a good majority of us, like are ones that love Jesus. And like, absolutely. You know, are Christian church going women. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's just really cool to, to watch how even in the last 18 months, you know, God has weaved my path through different mm-hmm. people. Um, in 2000, June of 21. Yeah. June of 21. I started jujitsu in town here. Um, just to so I, I like self-defense. I needed to learn a little more self-defense as well as it's just something active to do. It's a really good community to be part of. And, um, uh, Rachel is in that class and I got to know her and her family mm-hmm. through jujitsu and, Super amazing family, really down to earth, can really talk about anything, mm-hmm. really, really talk about anything. Um, and so got to know them and like be willing to associate with them because it takes me a while to be mm-hmm. willing to associate with people. And then over the last even six months, I've been able to really have a solid group of Christian single women that they're, unfortunately they're not in chill coffee they're an hour away but uh, one of my friends Allie Cassie and another Jenna um, they're all involved in healthcare first responder life making life or death decisions and um, for people and it's just been really 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 good to have someone that can be a soundboard not only for healthcare but also it it's hard to be a single Christian especially a female in church. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in the circles that we run. I know I was saying that because I know not every church is like that. Not every, every group is like that, but unfortunately the ones that we have been in are this way. And Mm -hmm. it's where we have a voice and we have an opinion and we have uh, decisions to make at work. And even men look to us for decisions and we make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And then you go to church and you're kind of treated like lesser that you don't have that voice because only male leadership should have that voice. And it, that's a really hard thing for us. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, we, we don't like it, honestly. Um, and so it's hard for us to want to go to church when we're treated that way. And, or another aspect of it too, is a lot of the singles groups, not just single, single women, but like the singles group is, is um, can connected to like either the high school or the college group. And I'm 31. Like mm-hmm. I, there's nothing wrong with that group, but I am in a completely different space in right. life and career and, and challenges than when I was in college. And so yeah. there's really no group for me to fit into. Um, and that's fine, but that's why, you know, we've been able to connect and really talk about the challenges of being career driven and not, actively pursuing a relationship if we we all agree if we get married we get married cool but we're we're not you know yeah dying for it yeah we're very happy and content with where god has us in life and um so yeah so it's really cool to see how we've all come together and it's an hour drive but it's still worth hanging out with them yeah no i love that i didn't know about it until you said something and i just i don't know it just makes me smile it's just (laughs) like i and i've told you this before but it's it's just that it's that pursuit, you know? And like, I remember we had a conversation one time and I just was really thinking about it. Like, I love hearing your story because I feel like we talk so much about like 
the Lord pursues us. And like, Mm -hmm. there's a song called reckless love where it talks about like, you know, he chases after us and he fights till we're found and he goes after us and he kicks down walls and he does, he tears down lies and all the things. And like, I feel like your story is like living that out. Like, you know, you had all these walls, you had all of these hurts, you had all of these things that had happened. Um, and all of these, like, you know, inner vows that you were like, I will never. And now like you look around and you're like, oh, okay, well, okay. It's like, it's like, (laughs) I feel like sometimes, sometimes I'm not a parent, but I feel like sometimes when parents are like, my kid will never, you know, and then they're never, nevering like never before. Like, well, I said, I will never. And now I'm never, nevering like I've never before. I'm never going to do that. I, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't gone back to church yet, so I haven't fixed that never yet but you know <laughs> but um you know I'll never you know associate with these groups I'll never be part yeah. of um and also just the feeling of like not that you ever said this but that you probably felt like because these people will never accept me and yeah. like I can't speak for everybody I can speak for me but like you've never been a project to me you know what I mean people like, have never, made me projects yeah and but you've never been that to me like yeah. from the day that I met you like you've just been a breath of fresh air. Like you're hilarious. And (laughs) so whether it's like sitting down at roast and having coffee Mm -hmm. and listening to your stories or like, (laughs) you know, coming, having you come over and eat my food because I love when people eat my food. I love when people make me food. So (laughs) So like, whether it's that, like whether it's just you stopping by and me being like, Hey, I got food, like come eat it. And, um, or planning events or whatever it is, like, you know, just, it's never been about like, okay, so let's fix her. And like, and I know it's the same for the people that I know, Mm -hmm. like none of us, you know, when I found out that you knew Rachel and stuff and I was like, you know, Jenna. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I love her. (laughs) And you know, like, and same with Jade and stuff. Like it's, you know, you are not only does the Lord love you so much, but Mm -hmm. like, we love you so much just for you and like are able to like, it's it's not a well there's us and then there's her yeah. <laughs> like it's I just I think that's one of the things that softened my heart a whole lot because I was viewed as a project so much and that the project would have would be complete when I go back to church yeah right and people weren't willing to love me in the spot that I was in and and people w- weren't willing to hear my side of the story because right now how my schedule is set up is I work an once every third day so one Sunday I'm off the next Sunday um, I work. And then the following Sunday, I just get off at work at 8am. And if I've been up for 24 hours, I have no place being in that yeah. because I'm so tired. Yeah. And so, and also I have no filter when I'm tired, so we don't want to talk. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> things get spicy, uh, but you know, I can't, I can't concentrate and f- focus and worship and like, uh, some some of the worship songs are triggering, which sounds really really funny. But like when you one of the, one of my examples is uh, people love the song when there's another in fire, right? <laughs> what happens if you have a fatal fire? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And you're singing that song on a Sunday, and I just dealt with that. Yeah, like that's that's not fun to me. That's right. not worshipful to me. That literally is like a huge trauma trigger. Yeah, and that. So I'm suddenly having flashbacks in the middle of service. I'm looking, how do I get out of here? Yeah. So, so, but 
you were willing to listen to that. You and Jade yeah. were willing to sit down, and Amy too were willing to sit down and say like, "So what's the like? What's what's going on? You know, it's it's not just let's get her back in church. Let's make her a project. Yay! We, yay! Look at me, Jesus! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I get an extra jewel on my crown. You know, like it. There's reasons. You yeah. know, it's not just a oh well, I was hurt eight years ago, and I'm just gonna sit in my corner. Yeah, you know, it's there's legit reasons, and and the you guys sitting and listening like softened me up to be like okay well maybe we can talk about it you know yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. we maybe they are willing to listen and and then they're also you're also able to challenge me and give pushbacks in certain areas that i need challenged in mm -hmm. so which brings me to a question which i mean i guess you kind of answered it but yeah. like for the person who is like i have this person in my life who's been really hurt by church mm -hmm. but i want to love them well not to not as a project, but like, I want to love them well and to show them like, Hey, listen, like this is not all Christians are like that. Not all churches mm -hmm. are like that. What is something you would say to them as some advice? Yeah. It takes time, right? It, for us, it really didn't take time, <laughs> but there was, but you were with safe people when I met you. So it, it gave me a little bit of more like leeway, but, um, it takes time to gain their trust, mm -hmm. right? Because you're talking about years of hurt for me. So mm -hmm. I I vet people a lot. It takes, there's, you give them like little instances and bites and pieces and like see how they deal with that. Um, so be consistent in getting coffee and sitting down and talking. You don't always have to have intentional conversations every single time. Mm -hmm. Have them over for a game night. Listen yeah. up, laugh, you know, um, when they're ready to talk, they will. And, um, it doesn't have to be a counseling session. It yeah. just is like, Hey, this is the reality of my life. Yeah. You know, this, this, the reality of my life is that I can't go anywhere in town without having to watch to make sure that people aren't trying to sneak up on me. Right. Right. Because it, it has happened. Right. It, it happened a month ago Yeah. in the middle of the grocery store, you know, so that is a reality for me. Um, understanding that they have certain triggers. Um, and if, if they, if you see something in the news that was really bad in town, it's probably that they probably were involved in it. And so be willing to be intentional, even if it's just a text saying, Hey, are you okay? Are, how are you doing? Um, because everyone responds to trauma differently. Yeah. You know, uh, I've found for me, what works is I need in those really hard times, I need to reach out and be like, Hey, can, can you cook me dinner? Because like, I just need to sleep the way that adult adult brains uh, heal from trauma is rest. And so yeah. I need to be able to like pop some Tylenol PM, just knock myself out, sleep for a couple hours. And I need to not worry about food when I wake up. Yeah. And that helps me reset, yeah. you know, in life. Um, and so uh, you learn what, basically what I'm trying to say, just learn how they need loved yeah. and it looks different for everyone. Right. Um, and I'm just giving my examples cause I've learned what works for me. Right. You know, um, I have a trauma psychologist that I work with, but she's in Centerville an hour and a half away. So if I know if things are really, really bad, then I need a buddy to ride with me. And I have like a list of people that mm -hmm. I can call. Um, and so if you're willing to, it's three hours, I get it, but mm -hmm. you know, drive time. But if you're willing to sit in that car with that person and just talk about life that, yeah, that's a, a, a really easy example. Include them in, in your life. Like I'm single. I don't 
have family in this. I have, they're an hour away, but in town, mm-hmm. I love going to basketball games. Like we talked about, I love going to sporting events. Let them know when your kids events are. Cause you never know when they'll show up, you know, okay. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, I try and do my best. Um, and, uh, be willing to have like conversations about the Bible because church doesn't have to happen in four walls. Yeah. You know, church for me happened as God was softening my heart more and more when I first went down here, church, church happened for me in a gym with three other men that were firefighters. And we squatted every Sunday for over a year together. Mm-hmm. And that was the most accountability that I've ever had. And, and that shakes some people because it's like, I was, you're in the gym with all men, you know, and you're, you're, you know, talking about Bible and life and they're keeping you accountable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They are. Yeah. Um, so be willing to have church with them if you want, however you want to phrase that outside those four walls. Cause that's, that's the only way that Western church knows how to church. But yeah, but you think about people that can't have church, like yeah, it can happen. It can yeah. happen. So uh, if just love them in a way that shows them that church can still happen, they can yeah. still have that community um because you never know when we'll show up yeah <laughs> you never I know yeah. I love it well is there anything that we didn't talk about that you're like and I really want to say this oh I think we covered everything because even even when we were discussing what we were gonna cover like I kind of slid everything in there yeah. somehow no <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. Been... <laughs> okay well my last question yes. um is always like you know what's the Lord saying to you right now and mm-hmm. so like for you in this present moment, like what is the one thing he's been speaking over and over to you lately? We have been working on this wonderful word called boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. Yes, we have. <laughs> we have. Um, so um, one of the ways that I grew up, grew up, at least in the church, not my family, but in, in the church is that you have to be vulnerable at all times with all people doing all things. And you can't use the word. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's terrible, by the way, <laughs> terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so learning biblical boundaries and, and um, when it's okay to say no, um, there's a book called when to walk away mm-hmm. and I haven't finished it yet, but like the first chapter talks about how Jesus didn't even sometimes respond to the Pharisees. He just, he literally just looked at them and just walked the other way. You don't need any explanation. You don't need any, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to stand up for yourself. Just like what in the world and just walk the other way. And um, so saying no, walking the other way and you don't have to make a big scene about things, but yeah. um, just putting boundaries in because then you have the mental capacity to do what he's yeah. assigned for you and he's called you to do. Um, so yeah, that's looked like this year, me making my circles smaller, hurting some people being hurt. I'm not intending to hurt people, but like, I, I, I can't deal with you right now. Like, I don't say that, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) but like, I don't, I don't have the ability to, uh, answer your questions or answer your, you know, I, I can't be part of this. Yeah. Um, and, and learning what my capacity is too. Yeah. Um, but there's another book also that I am not all the way done with, but it's, it, I have read part of it mm-hmm. called 
good boundaries and goodbyes. goodbyes. Yeah, that's my next one that I my friends have said you've got yeah. to do this. Yeah, it's real good. Um, I would highly, highly recommend. Um, because as we've talked before, um, something that I've been working on this year too, mm-hmm. and, or for the past, I'd say mm-hmm. probably six months or so. And so it is hard, oh, but um, I know that for me, it's been one of the most like freeing, I guess, word, you know? Yes, um, absolutely. And so, and it's made me a better person. I feel like it's made me more intentional with the people that I need to be intentional Mm -hmm. with without holding on to um, unnecessary guilt or whatever. Um, So yeah, boundaries are hugely, hugely important. So that book, and I've heard, I mean, we've talked about the When to Walk Away book, but then also... um, a few other friends have read it and have highly recommended it too. So it is on my list to read. Yeah. Um, Just the boundary boundaries have been so good because growing up, I, there were no boundary. I really wasn't taught boundaries. Even, yeah. Even in my house, but part of it was because I, we didn't necessarily need them because my parents just, just the style that we, we did. Yeah. And, and that was fine. But like now as an adult, you know, Unfortunately, when something big hits the news, my phone always blows up. Yeah. Right? And uh, the last major thing that I was involved with, I went home, went to bed. And when I woke up, there were, I had over 40 text messages from different people trying to figure out what, what, what had happened. And if I knew more information. And and previously, I dealt, you know, dealt out that information because I feel like I owe someone something. Right. But now it's just like, delete, delete. Oh, I care about that person. Yes, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm yeah. alive. You know, um, yes, it was a hard shift that, uh, you know, we can talk about it later, you know, yeah. delete, delete, you know, and not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. You know? And in the Lisa Turkers book, um, she talks about, she's like, boundaries aren't just a good idea. They're a God idea. They are. And she talks about like different times in the Bible where it's like, I mean, he gave boundaries in, even in the very beginning in the garden. Like, yeah. you know, you can eat of anything but this tree. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a boundary there. And then, like, in his life, you know, Jesus, of all people, like, when he went to the garden to pray, like, he didn't take everybody with him. He only had, you know, his select few that he allowed into that, like, really close personal right. space with him. And so... Yeah, can we just talk about how 12 is a lot, though? <laughs> Like, but even like, with that, like, he oh my had goodness. the 12, but then he had Peter, James, and John, who were, like, his True. three. Yeah, okay, and yeah, so it was, yeah, like, yeah. you know, he had the 12 that he did all the things with, but then he had those three that were, like, but these are my people, people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, you know, even he, like, did that, so. Anyways. I can deal with, yeah, I can deal with three, but I was just, like. Tw- yeah, 12's a lot. No, uh, no. That's too many. That's way too many. Way too many. Um, It's overwhelming to me. Okay. Well, I think that we're good. So we are going to end. But before we do, the thing that made us friends (laughs) was your story. And so I know that you said you have at least one or two. So I'm just going to let you finish. Okay. Because... It, for those of you who don't know Jenna, what you need to know, other than her heart is huge, and she really, I do want to say, like, you have such a heart for the city, and for somebody who's only been here for a few years, like, you love our city well. Thank and you. so, on behalf yeah. of all of the people 
thank you. And like, thank you just for all the sacrifices you make. And I know that we have talked about like different things that you've experienced and in some of that, and it is a lot and it is heavy. And Mm -hmm. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate publicly like who you are and I appreciate all that you do. Thank you. And I appreciate that you're still able to walk in rose after a long shift (laughs) and smile and tell stories. Sometimes I look a little feral, but it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. You get some coffee in you and then you're fine. Right. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so go ahead. Oh, perfect. I have plenty of time. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. Oh my goodness. Okay. So to preface this, not all my stories come from chill coffee. I have worked in a very large radius from chill coffee, uh, where I start, I started out in the Dayton area. I've been up in, um, London, Ohio area up in Madison County. I've been in chill coffee. So these stories span from all of my experiences. Uh, but one of my favorite, uh, one of my absolute favorites is, um, where it's like seven in the morning. So it's early, you know, when you're getting those early morning calls right before you get off shift, you're just cranky and you're moody. At least I am. I get annoyed. I'm like, (laughs) I just want to be done. Let me go home. Uh, So we get out and we get called out to I-70, which is super busy. It's really dangerous to be out there. I don't like being out on highways just because people see flashing lights and for whatever whatever reason, they're like, oh, let's see how close we can get to them. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, Mm -hmm. so we're out there and there's a semi turned over. And it's pretty messed up. You know, the semi is messed up there. I, it's contents were sprawled all over the highway, which I didn't at first realize what was in, what was in the semi, because I was focused on like, where's the patient? Cause his, the, the cab of the truck was just dented in really bad. It's called intrusion. And, um, I was concerned. And so this guy starts walking towards us. Um, and he identifies himself as the driver. He's clearly shook up. Thankfully, he doesn't have even like a scratch on him, but he's like, he's sore. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, uh, he's like, yeah, I was driving this semi, blah, 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 you know, and I ended up on my side and I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. And he's like, thank God I'm a pastor because I was praying to Jesus. And he's like, yes, thank you, Jesus. And I was like, okay, good. And I'm like, let's get off the highway. And he's like, I thought I was going to die. And at, which is not at all funny, but it's funny because that, at that moment I looked up and realized what his semi had and his semi hat was full of empty coffins and they're like spread out all over the highway open just like this whole scene i'm like so just like clicks in your brain and like at that moment you have to be professional you're like oh i'm sorry but also you're afraid of death and you are carrying coffins let's get to the medic before i lose my mind i gotta keep professional here so just that is one of my favorite stories you're just like Okay. <laughs> you you couldn't have been carrying, I don't know, flowers. Right. Like you had to be carrying coffins <laughs> and make that statement that you thought you were gonna die. Yes. Well, sir, I got a buy one, get one free sale going on right now. You like, would be fully prepared. You can even have a pick. Right. <laughs> Pink, orange, green, black, what, what you got want. Got them all right you here want, on the highway. Extra small, extra large, what you got? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man. So yeah, that was that's one of my and we also run into like ridiculous calls. Like we, we have the toe pains and the toothaches and, and then you have the unique ones where you get on scene and this lady came out of her house and she was 
panicking like i don't know what to do and we're like well okay you know like calm down let's talk about what's going on but what can we help you with and and at this moment you realize she's wearing a bright pink afro wig <laughs> and it's a little distracting but you're like uh, you, people do weird things mm-hmm. if that's what you want your hairstyle to be i have no place to judge but she's the one that brought it up so so she starts scratching her head and you're like oh no why are you scratch like why, uh-huh. underneath the wig you know and it's once again 11 p.m at night so you're like what is happening <laughs> why is this an emergency at 11 p.m right and um she's like my head itches and we're like okay why'd you call 911 for she's like my wig itches i i took tylenol and it just isn't working (laughs) you took tylenol for itching all right and uh and she's like yeah i wore it for three days maybe that's the problem and i'm just like (laughs) that's literally it yes that's why she called 911 (laughs) oh my goodness so i mean we we told her if you want to go to the hospital like we can take you to the hospital also just take your wig off can you take your wig off and wash your hair <laughs> Which, i mean she was shaved so like it was like shaved bald like so just take your wig off. right <laughs> yeah, common sense won't be tolerated now <laughs> oh my gosh yes. oh my gosh oh. so yeah okay <laughs> okay yep so you just sit there and you read you think that you're like I'm supposed to be the adult in this situation. <laughs> and the worst part is like you talk, like you and I are talking. It makes sense, you know. Right. Like this is ridiculous. But then they they look at you like you're the problem. Like you don't know what you're like, talking. I about. don't understand why you don't see this as a problem. Right. Exactly. And I'm looking at them like <laughs> I don't understand why you see this as a problem. So you have that oh like gosh. back and forth. They're like, so I stand there and like with my hands like, well, what? Right. You know, and and. They Waiting look at me. More of the story right. There is no. There is the no. Story. No. There's no. Like I fell down the stairs and my leg is broken. Right. It's. It's. My head itches. My head itches. Because I haven't taken my wig off in three days and haven't done any sort of skin moisturizing or. And this yes. is what you lose sleep for. But this is what I lose sleep. Yes. This is what I lose sleep for. That's what you get caught out for. So yes. moral of the story: Don't call nine one one unless it's a true emergency, <laughs> which is a, something that you're supposed to be taught as a kid these people truly believe that these are emergencies well, so they're not yeah so, <laughs> i know well let's okay well we are running out of time so i will we'll stop there but you will be back we have <laughs> um we have some more like serious conversations that yeah. i know that we want to have Definitely. but then also we just going to have an episode where you just tell stories yeah so i would love it, it is for sure needed. <laughs> yes. so um Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, like, thank you. Thank, thank you for you sharing for with us and um, for just being a friend. Yes, because thank you're you. Wonderful. you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on and just being willing to go along with my stories and um, help me articulate my background and my stories and love. tell. Love. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. I hope that you were encouraged by it. Um, I love that she answered the question so well of, you know, how do you love someone well who has dealt with church hurt? Um, I think that it's such a big thing. You know, we've all experienced it or we know people, we love people who have experienced it and we want to encourage without hurting even more and we want to help. Um, and so I think, 
it was really nice to hear perspective from her um, and to just hear, you know, just the basic things um, of how to love people well in all seasons, right? And so it was just a really good conversation, one that has left me thinking for months now. (laughs) And um, I'm just really excited that I finally got to share it with you. And I hope that you laughed. I hope that you laughed at her stories and that um, you just got a teeny tiny peek (laughs) into some of the things that our first responders see and deal with. And so I hope that you, um, that it maybe helped you to appreciate them a little bit more. And so when you see one of them out, just love on them a little extra because they face all of the things and all of the people that we never will. So um, I hope that you all enjoyed this conversation. Thank you again for tuning in and I will see you back next week for another episode of Pour It Out. Have a fantastic week.